Hello, welcome to the DeathCast. I am your host, best-selling author Ian Tott, and I'd like to thank you for joining me for a special edition of the DeathCast. We're going to be joined by a guest this week. Before we dive into our interview with our very special guest, I've got my normal plugs. You can follow me on social media, all the regular sites. If you'd like to sign up for my mailing list, just go to CorpseCreekPublishing.com. Click on the sign up button if you'd like to help with the production of the show so you don't get such shitty sounding quality. You can uh, click on the donate button, buy me a cup of coffee or a pack of smokes. If you're really into what I do, you can go to tinyurl.com backslash dcpatreon. Alright, now that all the plugs are out of the way. Without further ado, I would like to introduce a very good friend of mine and a best-selling author, Alistair Cross. Alistair, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for coming on. I don't do a whole lot of interviews on this show, so my skills at interviewing are a little bit rusty, but... Ah, don't worry about it. (laughs) We don't care. some good names on here when i do get them you're joining the likes of sam kinnison's brother bill kinnison so nice nice can't beat that right <laughs> that's right so tell us who is alistair cross um i am a writer uh, i write dark fiction um i uh just released uh book four in my vampire series the vampires of crimson cove and that book is called the midnight ripper and uh it's doing really well and i also write uh with tamra thorne in the same genre uh um dark fiction horror type stuff and uh that's pretty much all there is to me that's pretty much all i do it's pretty much a full-time gig (laughs) you're one of the lucky ones with that i wish i could do it (laughs) full-time It's, it keeps us busy, for sure. <laughs> I, I hear that. I saw, I've seen online that Laura K. Hamilton's been plugging your book pretty well. She, uh, she did. I Yeah, I, I, I met her. We, we had her on the uh, show. Uh, we, had a, we had our own podcast. We still do, but it's different now. We, we used to do uh, author interviews, and we did that for like six years, and then we stopped doing that about a year ago, and, and we, we do it differently now. We don't do guests. But we when we were doing author interviews... Um, we had her on uh, the show because I was a reader and a, a big fan. And so uh, we had her on a few times over the years and, you know, um, we, we got, we get along and, and I was really um, flattered that when the Midnight Ripper came out, it, it, it sold really well. And it was, you know, uh, right next to her book on the, you know, one of her books on the, uh, you know, uh, Kindle. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so she saw that and, and, uh, um, you know, did a shout out and said, you know, Hey, great job. And that was, that was really cool. That was one of those really cool moments. It's that's one of the things with writing when you get a, in an attaboy from one of your peers. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's one of the things I don't think people understand who aren't writers. It's true. Yeah. is pretty competitive. There's some cutthroat sons of bitches in the industry. Writing really isn't like that. No, I think the most of the writers that I've met, in fact, yeah, it's very supportive of each other. It's it's a very gentle, even you know, I think especially in horror, people are surprised by that. But yeah, I've I've met 
lots of nice people. Yeah, that's that's something I you know I wish more industries had. That that's how you and I got uh, to be friends is through writing. Right. Right. So why don't you tell us about the vampires of Crimson Cove? All right. Well, um, it centers on a young man, uh, Cade Coulter, who kind of has he 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 moves to the small town of uh, Crimson Cove in California, and um, he uh, has kind of a rare genetic uh, uh, disposition that makes him uh, extremely uh, valuable to uh, vampires. It, it, he's he's able to reproduce. <laughs> with the undead and and if you could you know mix a vampire and a human you'd basically have the ultimate being an immortal creature who uh, doesn't have necessarily all of the weaknesses like sunlight and silver and all that and so um he's got some really special blood and so he in the, in the first book he he I just, you know, the Crimson Corset, that's the first book. And it's actually, by the way, it's free to download right now uh, on Amazon and ebook. And so this is a Crimson Corset. And that's the that's the first book in the series. And he, I just kind of introduce him. His brother gets involved with, you know, one of the vampires. And she's, she's ultimately trying to get to him. And as the books progress, he kind of comes into his own. And he is currently um, in training. Uh, to be a, uh, a badass vampire slayer. He's getting there. Very cool. And so where did you get the idea for the series? Um, honestly, I it, it goes way back to about 2010. I, I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to write. I didn't quite know what to write. I've always loved vampires. I Vampires at that time were super everywhere that was like i think twilight's heyday uh -huh. and and i kind of thought well you know maybe i shouldn't do vampires but that's just stupid i just then decided to write what i love i i did a, a okay so way back in like 2010 i did um i did a, a book called the white room which was mm -hmm. actually the first book it never went anywhere i rewrote it and that's what the crimson corset is it was oh, it's a whole different story um, but the idea just, you know, I really don't know. I, 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 it, I, I love vampires. I love the idea of it, eternal life. I love, you know, I like them. They think they, you know, I like them when they're monsters, especially scary. That's, you know, I get that. My first series is, a, a dystopian vampire fiction. Nice. And it's, it's really the same idea, uh, you, you know, the idea of immortality and really being able to do whatever you want with no f real fear of consequence. Right. You know, and I, I get the whole, you know, my vampires are, were similar in that they couldn't procreate. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I get where you're going with that. Um, so now... I understand that there's hints of realism inside of your books. Uh, you and I were talking off air. You mentioned that there's bits of true crime in your book. Um, in a way, yes, because so this last book, book four in the series, The Midnight Ripper, um, it basically involves um, one of the good guys, hmm. the vampires, is he's, he's basically an addict and he's he's had himself under control uh, for for, you know, decades maybe even a century by now uh but something kind of you know triggers him so to speak in one of the books and he kind of he goes on a rampage and he's just he's just a, an indiscriminate killer he's a he's a monster and um 
so book four, The Midnight Ripper, kind of is about uh, Cade with his mentor, Father Vincent Scarlatti, who's a, a priest and also a vampire slayer, uh, trailing him. And um, I took, I definitely took inspiration from the Jack the Ripper case. Uh, I, I love, I, it's my favorite case. That sounds morbid to say, but I, I like... I just, I just, for some reason, I'm just riveted by that case, and I always have been. And so there's a lot of, uh, I would say, um, tips of the hat to that. There's a lot of, like, you know, Easter eggs, a lot of the names of places and things like that. Um, you know, I, I, I totally, you know, it was definitely, you know, inspired by that in a, in a lot of ways. I, I can get that. I can also get, you know, having the, the favorite case. I mean, my, my personal one is uh, the Larry Schwartz murders. So I'm not even familiar with that one. Yeah, I covered that was actually the first episode I covered on the show is a adopted boy who ended up killing his step parents uh, because they were massively abusive behind closed doors. Ah. Uh. But um, that's not unheard of in the true crime community, especially not with these ID channel fucks, but the people that have been (laughs) through it for decades. Everybody's got that one case or that one killer. They're just right, right, right. And I think it's I think I think Jack the Ripper, I think that case is um, uh, especially intriguing to a lot of people because, you know, we don't know who it was. We don't you know, I mean, there's a lot of theories, but they don't know. And 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 personally, I. I like that. I like that they don't know. And I don't think they ever really, I don't think they will. I don't see how, I mean, things could progress in a way scientifically that maybe someday, but as it stands right now, I, I can't foresee that happening. Yeah, I remember years and years ago, I read a short story about Jack the Ripper. Uh, you just made me think of it. It was um, in a, the hell's his name? Alfred Hitchcock anthology. And basically the author had it that he was an immortal who every X amount of years had to go on a killing spree <laughs> to uh, remain. It was kind of like it way before it came out. I think it came out in the 1950s. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I don't think I've read that one, but no. yeah. So so that's so that's just, and I think that that's where I mean they say you know, uh, reality is stranger than fiction. It's absolutely true because you know I think every writer, you know, fiction writer, you know, is 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 you know going to draw on information or experience mm-hmm. and you know um how do you i mean no matter what you write no matter how horrific the crime it probably happened to somebody somewhere you know it's it's crazy oh yeah well it's i mean even with vampires there's been a ton of cases in the u.s in the last 40 years that have been vampire inspired oh i know right uh, you had the vampire of Sacramento, and then um, there was a cult. I believe they were well, the Chicago Ripper Crew. I think it was. They were a semi-vampire cult, and then even up in Canada, a couple, maybe a decade ago, you had that girl and her boyfriend that killed their her parents, and he believed he was a vampire. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah, and it's and yeah, there's you know cases of people who have had their blood drained and <laughs> all kinds oh, yeah. of fun there shit. There are vampire cults out there. I've exactly. encountered people that were involved in them that are into that kind of shit. I knew some of them when I was in the navy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 nuts, but yeah, no, it's it's it's. I mean, that's where these you know horrific, horrible stories all come from is you know real life. That's 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 the reality. 
Real life with a, you know, a dash of oh shit. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well said, I agree. Yes. So uh, you said the book is doing well. Uh, what else have you got cooking? I know you've got a ton of stuff going on, as always. Well, um, so we, I, I, I work, I have my, my, you know, solo books, and I also mm-hmm. work with, um, Tamara Thorne, and we also have a podcast. Our podcast is Thorne and Cross Carnival Macabre, and it's in all the usual places. And what we focus on is uh, basically strange stories, um, ghost stories, monsters, all kinds of stuff. We've done things like on psychic machinery, and uh, you name it. You know, we're 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 always kind of doing. We, right now, we're working on one for Winchester House. Um, as far as writing, uh, we are working on our. Uh, our book Spite House, which has uh, been a long time coming, and it's it's a it's a big bad book, and it should be here soon. <laughs> That's yeah. all I can say about that for now. And um, Raven, the Ravencrest Saga is our ongoing Gothic horror series, and that's a, a little bit on hold while we finish Spite House because that needs that needs some attention. And as far as my solo stuff, I'm just going straight into the next uh, Vampires of Crimson Cove books. Yeah, that's that seems to be at least from what I know. You know, you're a big part of your focus. Uh, you and I've known each other for what two, three years, and you mm-hmm. pumping out. You uh, people don't realize when they go and look for you online, you've got a lot of books out. <laughs> there, you know, there there are, and uh, I mean, there there's a lot with the Thorn and Cross books, and a lot. You you know, I mean, not not. I mean, I would be so much happy if there was even more. But, um, yeah, I try to. I I work on. You know, we alternate. We Tamara and I work together every day, and we alternate. You know, like in the morning we do. Well, actually, in the morning we do the things. You know, like we work on the podcast or whatever, and then we go straight into, you know, spite spite house, and then we'll do that for a couple hours. Then we'll say do normally Ravencrest for a couple hours. We haven't been doing that because we're working on spite house, but um, and then we go to our solo stuff, and I do that for a few hours, and I also do a lot of. Uh, uh, solo work on the weekend like on Saturdays and marketing mm-hmm. stuff on Saturdays so it's pretty much yeah six days a week if I can if I do less than 10 hours a day I'm I'm lucky so there better be a lot of work but ah, it, it, I, I still feel like I'm like come on move move <laughs> you know? well that's another thing people don't realize how much work it actually is to write a book just one it is. let alone it is. you know dozens is i mean you can spend you know you can spend some days it's it's great some days it's just like it just you're like you sit down and and, and you bang out page after page other days it's hours and hours just just picking at the same paragraph or the same plot problem or you have to stop and spend all this time you know researching something you know because you don't you don't want to be wrong about it and it, you fall down the rabbit hole and you're like wow it's been six hours and somehow i'm reading about you know justin bieber what the hell's going on <laughs> so going down those rabbit yeah, holes. <laughs> exactly so it's 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 you really have to have focus and 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 you really have to uh set set limits and and you know be self-aware because when you do this I think that the uh, I I think that the 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 general idea for a lot of people is you're not really working, mm-hmm. and you are. So you have to treat it like a job. You ha- and and when you do that, then other people treat it like a job. But that takes some time because you know when you start doing this, of course you're you, you know nobody gets to just 
unless you're super lucky, do this full time right off the bat. So generally, you have to work a full time job, you know, write several books while you're doing that. And, you know, and when you get home from work, people think you're not working, but, you know, you are. And same thing on the weekends. You have to block that out. That's the only way that I'm able to get uh, anything done. I don't I treat it like a job. It is a job. It's my job. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the goal of many aspiring authors, myself included, is, you, you know, to do it full time. But it is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't stop. <laughs> I'm going to throw some, some curveballs at you just right. because, uh, you know, I know I have aspiring authors that listen to this show. Okay. So what would be your best piece of advice to give to a got somebody who's just starting out and thinking about writing their first novel? Um, I would say that the single most important thing you can do is read, mm-hmm. read. If you are not reading, if you don't love reading, if you're not an act, if you're not an avid and active reader, it, it this is going to make your life a lot easier. And by active, I mean, read everything, read, not just the books that you like read everything and pay attention to what they do how they do it pay attention to their characters their development um i to me my i would say the single most important thing you know uh, about being a a writer is to first be a reader and an and an attentive reader yeah i i, I can't you know not agree with you on that that's i mean i know for me that's how it started was you know right. voraciously so right. what are your current favorite reads um i let's see i'm actually reading a book called lost gods by an author named brahm brom okay. mm-hmm. um i'm really liking it i don't usually like things that are as uh fantastical as that for some reason i like to have i like things that have both feet like one foot in each you know mm-hmm. reality and fantasy I'm, yes what i love is the is the immersion of fantasy and reality this is a little uh fantastical for my taste but i'm really liking it um i i also i have the i have uh Stephen king's uh fairy tale but i haven't started it yet i'm sure i'll like that though i'm pretty sure and um i around this time of year because it's halloween i there are just a lot of like a halloween you know they're like tradition for me that i read uh Mm -hmm. lots of old 80s vintage horror i love that Mm -hmm. yeah all right so uh let's see what else i'm going over my list of questions all right my next one this is a curveball for you what's the most difficult aspect of writing for you um simplicity mm-hmm. uh simplicity is power um if you can in a very concise uh limited amount of words paint a bright vivid picture you are my hero mm-hmm. um th- this is what i see to me that's what great writers can do they can they can they can Know, convey their message clearly in mm-hmm. in just a few words um for me that takes work i have to go when i go through my uh manuscripts before they go off to the editors 
Um, I rarely have to um, make much, make many edits to things like the, the plot or the character development. I go through and I'm like, you know, what's a clearer, cleaner, more concise way of saying this? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's 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 always a challenge, but it's also really fun, mm-hmm. and you get better at it as you go. Uh, is that something you find? Is with each book, does it get easier? Um, no, not the books themselves, because I find that the plots, every single, and you can ask Tamara this, it's hilarious, every single book, every time I finish a book and I start the next one, I say, okay, this time I'm going to keep it simple. This time I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> just the beginning, the middle, the end, you know? <laughs> yes. I'm not going to write the characters go in all their directions that they go in, but that's, I've just come to accept that as part of my process. I'm not, um, uh, so I, I, I don't want to say I wander because obviously nobody wants to read a story that, that wanders. You have to reel it in. You have to, you have to tell a cohesive, good, solid story, but I let, and this sounds kind of nuts, but it's, it's the best way to explain it. I kind of let the characters do what they're going to do and kind of tell me the story because I have found that when I try to micromanage uh, the events, you know, plot boy, plot point by plot point, it's not as good of a story. No, I agree with you. You have to have, you know, those, those wandering side trips off to right. you know, do whatever it is they're going to do. Cause eventually and, and, they're going to get yeah. back on the path. They do, and they come back, or with 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 information that you that comes in really handy, or they they take it a direction that you're like, well, that's way better than anything I was thinking. Well, yeah, that's something I don't think that a lot of readers understand is that when you're writing a book, you you've lived with these people in your head for so long, but you're learning who they are as you go. Oh, absolutely. You know, as as a matter of fact, you know, that's one of my my favorite things about this latest book, uh, in the Vampires of Crimson Cove series is I'm finally, it's book four and I'm, and I'm learning things about Cade, the main, the main character that I really didn't know. I'm like, you know, these people, they have an entire history, an entire past that you, you really don't know a whole lot about until you start letting them tell you, I can't sit down and say, okay, so what kind of um, music do I think is, is Cade's favorite kind of music? What, what, what was it like for him in school? What was it? I don't plan that out. I, I can't. I just I just um, start writing and I let them kind of explore and I find out. And it's always, it keeps me interested because if I have to write, you know, a point by point, um, you know, story where, I don't know, I might as well work on an assembly line somewhere. You know what I mean? I, I want to be surprised. I want to be interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, that's that's one of those. I understand that completely. If I'm not interested in the characters and what they're doing, then how can I expect the reader to be? Exactly, exactly. That's I'm taking a dig at somebody here. That's why I've never been able to read Steinbeck because, good God, <laughs> you know, I I read one and um yeah, I get it. It's 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 a little rough. <laughs> it's dry. It's like sandpaper. Yeah. <laughs> You know who mine? You know who mine is? Is um, uh, John Updike. I've never read. Oh, uh, so I love The Witches of Eastwick, right? The mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. You know, I'm like, wow, this is fan. I just, I thought it was fantastic, cheesy, good. But anyway, I bought the book. You know, I'm like, oh, this is based on a book. Yeah. No, no. I, 
I cannot do that guy. I cannot do that guy. <laughs> it's just yeah. Yeah, sometimes you get those rare ones. That's how I found Warren Murphy's books. Oh and yeah, it, yeah, he's good. How he's uh the created the destroyer, the Iger sanction, lethal weapon, a whole bunch of stuff. They made a movie of it in the eighties, and I was stuck in an airport, and I saw one of the books in the bookstore and picked it up, and it was like crack. Right, right. That's how you know. That's what you want, you know. Uh, yeah, but Steinbeck, it's his characters are too one dimensional. They, yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's, it's, and you know what's funny is I can do a lot of older stuff. I, I don't, I like Charles Dickens. I even like Weathering Heights. A lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. but I do. I, I, I really do, you know, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> even Gone with the Wind. I, 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 I love that. I read that book. I know, right? I ate that up. You know, people are like, what? Gone with the Wind? I'm like, no, I loved it. I loved it. There was a story to it. <laughs> right. There, you know, okay. Steinbeck is literally ABC. Right. And this is, and this, and this is interesting because, you know, I, when you read um, actively and you also can, you know, watch television movies actively mm-hmm. because it's the same thing. It's story. You're learning about story. You find that there are kind of uh, two kinds of writers or two kinds of stories. Um, ones that are kind of, uh, I think more character driven, I guess, is the term and ones that are more formulaic. And I, yes. I am not a big fan of formulaic. And I'm not saying there's not a place for it, but what I mean specifically is like, if you've seen one romantic comedy made from 1985 to 2022, you've seen them all. Yes. It's the same story recycled, and I get very tired of that. And I've read books that are like that. There are a lot of authors who churn out, you know, three, four, five, six, seven books a year, just telling that same story, telling that same story. You know, we'll change the characters' names and change their hair color and put them in in Montana instead of in Iowa, and we'll tell the same story. I couldn't do that. I wouldn't want to do that. That, that I might as well go, you know, get a job where I just clock in and do the same thing every day and clock out and I'm assured a paycheck. Yeah, well, it's boring. Yeah, I, I personally like that. I, I, I want to, I like it when I don't see it coming. I, I have a couple of friends who are in the writing community and their books are in that fashion. I just can't get into it. The sacrifice, the screams, the uh, knock with the nameless ones, and the hell that I like the surprises. I, I respect Maggie, any, any writer who, um, crime begging to be you know, solved, and he and the guy George doesn't get the girl, the or the, you know, they, they, they both die horribly in the end. <laughs> the real question is, will they <laughs> Not survive that, long but, enough But you know what I mean, like, anybody that surprises Maggie, me, and I think, you know, um, of course everybody, you know, you know, Stephen King and, and all the rage on. and everything like that, and I and I get it. I I, I do get it. I I'm, I'm a big fan myself, but I think that's a lot of the times what he does. And people complain a lot about his endings. Oh, you know, I didn't like the end. I didn't. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't do what you expect. And I think on one hand that's very disappointing to a lot of people, and on the other hand, I think that's a big part of the reason why he is where he is. You don't know what you're getting into, and I like that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There's been a couple of his after his accident that I read that the book was great until I got to a certain point. It was like, oh, God. Alien. And then, and there's a lot of those, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm 
thinking specifically Under the Dome. I was so excited when that came out, and then I got to the end, and it was like a kick in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I, I have not read that one. I've, uh, But I know exactly what you're talking There have been a few that I'm like, what? Yes. Right, all of a sudden, you just, <laughs> you know, yes, you know and, he, and he's very proud of the fact, I don't know the ending, and sometimes it shows. <laughs> yes, well, that's... One thing I can say is I always know my ending before I start. And I think that's important. And that's another thing that I would I would say um, when, you know, if I were to give advice, I would say I actually unlike I know what Stephen King says and I get it. But I personally think that you should at least have an idea of where Uh you're going. I think you need that. And you know what? Oftentimes I come up with two, three or four possible endings and I'm like, well, we'll see. Yes. And I'm sometimes sometimes way. it doesn't go the way I planned it, but if I don't have some idea of what the point of the story is, I'm not quite sure how to, to write it. it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I've gotten stuck on stories where I didn't know where I was going at the end and the story died. It does because it's like I mean it I mean you can just keep going and going and going indefinitely and which is sometimes what I think Stephen King does. Yes. Don't let me hate anybody, but sometimes I think, you know, I think this book would have been better if um, you had known, if you had had a clearer idea of, of where you were going. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I get that. I get that completely. So, all right. Now, where can people get your books and find out more about you, Alice? Um, the best place is my website, which is just alistaircross.com, A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R-C-R-O-S-S.com. And uh, everything's there. You get my, you know, the links to the books, The everything's there. Social media, it's all there. Okay. Do you have any book signings or anything lined up? Um, I do not. I, I you know, it, I think pretty much everything that I've been doing is all, you know, virtual, you know, (laughs) internet stuff. I haven't even, yeah, mm -mm, no, I don't even go to like cons or anything like that. I just, I mean, why? You don't have to leave your house. (laughs) You're not alone on that. I don't mix well with people. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't, yeah, I, that's one of the best things about this gig to me is I don't have to go do that Mm -hmm. stuff. (laughs) I love the internet. Yeah, it's the same here. So, and now the name of the the newest book is what again? It is The Midnight Ripper. Yes, it's The Midnight Ripper. I know it's available on Amazon and Kindle, and I'm sure there's an audio book in the works. The audio book is in the works. Um, It is, um, as we speak, uh, the the narrator is is several chapters in, and he, he works pretty quick, so it won't be too long, I'm sure, a few weeks. All right. Anything else you'd like to plug? Um, nope. Other than I just want to say thank you because, um, I, I do listen to your show. I'm actually a fan of it. And I, so it's an honor to be here. Well, I appreciate you coming on. As I said, you're a good friend of mine and I always try and support my friend's works. Again, that's Alistair Cross, the Vampires of Crimson Cove series. You can find it, uh, Amazon and at his website, uh, AlistairCross.com. Uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on, Alistair. You are welcome anytime. And again, thank you. It's it's uh, you you are very supportive, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, you are welcome, and you'll have to come back out um when your next book is coming out. I absolutely will anytime. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this special ish- edition of the Deathcast. 
again, my guest was Alistair Cross. You can find him at alistaircross.com. The Deathcast is a production of CorpseCreepPublishing.com. Until next time, stay morbid. <laughs>